Hello, I'm Martijn Graat and this is Does Logistics Matter? A podcast on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics. Answering yes to the question today is Vice President of Product Tim Rudolph of Seven Senders. In this episode, we talk about how technology can enable retailers to leverage multiple carriers, the benefits of using out-of-home delivery, and what the future of last-mile delivery will look like. Please enjoy my conversation with Tim Rudolph. Hi, Tim. Welcome to the show. Hi, Martijn. Thanks for having me. Um, I always have the same first question for my guest, and that question is, does logistics matter? It certainly does, if you ask me, like for me anyway. But um, yes, I think it's uh, becoming more and more relevant industry, like it is anyway. But um, in particular, in, in e-commerce, I think there is still so much to discover, like so much to to optimize. So it certainly does. Um, how did you yourself end up working uh, in logistics? Yeah, that's actually a good question or a funny question um, from like, um, I started as a software engineer, like software developers, been like developing software and, mm-hmm. and working with data and so on. And, but I was always more interested in what you can actually do with it um, rather than, you know, program it or, um, and um, I had to find the right industry. So uh, like I started in finance, you have a lot of tech there, but then like um, it's kind of super abstract and the cool thing about logistics is um you can see everything you can touch everything you can go there and watch it yeah and i really like that one so that's how i ended up in logistics because you still have so much to optimize and so much to do better in particular using tech so um this is how i ended up there and it's yeah i'm, I'm, I'm super happy still so much challenges to be solved um, it's cool yeah, and, and I guess uh, in in the in the in the last, uh, well, I'm not even sure if it's a decade or longer, but the uh, the 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 amount of tech being used and the the efficiency gains that uh, that we are seeing in logistics are are, are still growing. I think uh, the logistics industry is uh, is uh, not even close to uh, to to maximum tech. I, I would say. Yeah, so I um I agree. Like you can see or you can imagine, I think a lot where things will go, and then there are some players on the market who already do that quite well. But I agree, like there is so much space still to be discovered, and uh, yeah, fully agree. So, so what's your main area of focus? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so I'm I'm mainly working, or I've mainly been working in um, B2, like e-commerce logistics, um, mainly B two C, and um, both um, domestic, cross-border, mainly in Europe, um, but also, of course, following what's happening in the in, in States or in Asia. And um, yeah, and uh, the part I was um, involved in most uh, recently is like last mile, in particular last mile delivery, where parcel and, and yeah. customer meet, because I think there are the most challenges still and um, super, super interesting. And um, in particular, if you if you look at Europe, for example, it's so different in the markets. So all the markets are so different, and um, yeah, that's why that's what we do at Seven Centers. So uh, we basically try to provide um, the best local best delivery experience you can get, and also returns um, in a way that you, as an e-commerce shop, let's say, um, don't experience the complexity that's behind it. So that's what we're doing, and that's like super interesting. Yeah, because I guess the, the consumer doesn't see that, right? I mean, they they just they're on the website and they see the products and they just hit uh, they, they they put in their address and and they have no idea where their uh, parcel come is coming from and I and I guess they also don't care. They just they just want it. 
Absolutely, absolutely. They obviously they they do expect the best delivery experience, so that's for sure. So if you want to stand out as a shop, you have to deliver cutting edge um, delivery experience. But yeah. of course, customers do not care. At least most of them, I do, of course. But um, what's behind it? Um, that that's the complexity you have to hide. So you have to make sure you deliver uh, your customer a nice delivery experience and also returns experience um, without you know annoying them with all the complexity that's behind and um, yeah. all the challenges to deliver it like reliably. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think there is uh, so much to gain if you if you just compare it to uh, to going to a regular shop. Uh, you know, you have somebody there that's, you know, friendly, they're smiling, they're putting it in a nice bag for you. They hand it over and they say, have a nice day. And um, and I sometimes uh, compare my, um, you know, uh, the deliveries that, that come to my door sometimes. It's like being in a store and then somebody, you know, throwing the what you bought, uh, you know, on the floor and saying bye. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I would say like there are also different types of stores, but it seems as if you have the good ones around. So, um, <laughs> no, just kidding, but I know what you're up to. So, um, definitely. Yeah. Low, so, um, logistics, um, yeah, I mean, it's the touch point you have with the customer, right? So, if, yeah. if you're an online shop, like, like you don't have, obviously, you have the digital touch points, you may have customer service, but then like that's probably the most important one. And yeah, I agree. Like a lot of carriers don't live up to the expectations you would have as a retailer. Um, you know, meeting your customers and um, and I'm, yeah, and I think a lot of people actually have um, comparable experiences as you just described. So that's what I mean by a lot of space still um, to make things better. Yeah, and uh, so so for for uh, for for retailers operating in in Europe with um, yeah, I, well you know Europe is a like a a, a a collection of different markets. I mean each country has its has its own. I mean obviously there are the the large pan European uh, uh, players that are active uh, in in every uh, country, but uh, it, you know but it's a fragmented market and and especially looking locally there's uh, lots of of smaller players as well. So so how um, how can e-commerce companies um, uh, leverage this the 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 availability of all these different uh, carriers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good point you're making there. So um, I think you have to distinguish between two different points of view. So if you live in some small place somewhere in some European country, um, yeah. you're not so much interested in what's happening in the other countries. As we said before, you, you don't want to know about the complexity that's behind it. If you're mm -hmm. the online shop, obviously you are. So it might be. It might feel like the best solution to go with one player that would basically serve all the markets for you. Um, so it yeah. will be easy for you or convenient, let's say. And um, But it's a totally different picture if you, if you think from a customer point of view. If you think about a single customer, you have thousands and hundreds and, and, and of them. And um, they are, idly, they are all over Europe because you serve all European markets and they have entirely different experiences Why you're single carrier or your single network you use uh, might be a perfect fit in one country. It may not be uh, a good fit in another country. So, mm -hmm. and uh, what we try to, what we try to offer is um, the best choice in the market um, without the complexity uh, it would naturally bring with it, but, you know, hiding the complexity away from you, making it super convenient for you as an online shop to use it. And at the same time, still come up with the um, options that customers are actually looking for. Um, yeah, and, and that's mainly what we're doing. So, what are the, what are the biggest hurdles that you are taking away uh, for uh, for using um, um, many different shippers? Mm -hmm. 
So um, first of all, um, usually, I mean, if you think it from a, from a, a B2B point of view or from a, from a shop point of view, um, if you would have like a, a gazillion or like a dozen um, carriers picking up your parcels at your warehouse, that would be like mm -hmm. a mess. So um, usually you want a well-organized process for parcel pickup. Um, and um, um, and you, you obviously you don't want like to organize this with like 10 or 15 different parties, but with one. So that's that's an advantage we definitely see and we, we we try to maintain. But then like again, the complexity that's behind it. So if you have to deliver it, let's say to um, 15 different um, injection hubs or um, if you have to print like 20 different labels or that's all the complexity you would usually get if you use a lot of carriers. Um, but that's what we are covering basically um, on the one hand, of mm -hmm. course, through our operations, but then like, of course, also also through our platform where you would get like unified tracking, where you get like all the labels you would need just from one source yeah. and also pool locations as we will probably touch on later on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, the, the pickup drop off points, uh, the, 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 the points where consumers can go if they don't want to receive their parcel at home. Definitely. Yes. That's like uh, an addition. Like, I mean, this has been around like for some time. Um, mm -hmm. In some markets, as we know, it's pretty much standard. Like if you think about the Nordics, like Sweden uh, and Norway and, and, and Finland, like it's pretty much standard. So those are markets where you cannot enter a market without it. Um, but yeah. then there are there are markets like, um, well, France, Germany, you could count to it, but also like Spain and, and other markets where you see some quite nice dynamic around Pudos. So like the, the discussions around Pudos have, have been there, like there are obvious uh, advantages using Pudos, but then like um, a market has to adapt it, of course, and customers in the market have to adapt to it. And that again relates to um, the attractiveness of the networks, of the Pudo networks you have in that market. So if they are like convenient and then, Customers know about them and want to use them. And um, there we see quite some dynamic. And um, this is something we want to make available to our uh, customers as well um, because of the advantages. Um, and therefore, we've added, we've just recently added a service that um, does exactly what I described before. So it, it hides all the complexity because you have, you would talk about thousands of, of Pudos that kind of have different opening hours, different locations, offer different services. And and that's something uh, we try to we try to offer to our customers in a way again that's like super simple. So you have one interface, you have one service you can use. It doesn't matter which which carrier it is in the end, and we can translate that so you can integrate it very easy and and make Pudos available all over Europe very easily. Yeah, because there's different types of locations, right? I mean, if I just look at my own situation here in the Netherlands, then um, the sometimes it's uh, it's like it's in a in a supermarket. Uh, or, or in a small retail shop, there's even um, uh, private people that uh, that that do it from uh, from their house or their garage. You know, they they are like a, a service point for 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 the parcel carriers. And I must say, one of my favorites is the the parcel lockers that uh, that are uh, popping up in in uh, in an increasing number of locations. They're at um, uh, they're at uh, public transport locations or gas stations, and uh, I I definitely like uh, those because I can uh, go to them when I want to, and and not when the shop is open. Because often when the shops are open, you know I have my own shop here in the office is open as well, so you know I'm I'm busy. Mm -hmm. I think you're making a good point there. I think what's what's really key about Pudo, and if you want to be successful with Pudo. What you have to understand is the customer selects the poodle. So, and the customer will only select poodle if it's convenient for him or her, right? So mm -hmm. it's super important that you actually offer 
um, attractive options. Um, and um, attractiveness is usually like um, needs to be convenient to get there. So um, it can be different. Like if it's on your drive home from work, this can be super convenient. Sometimes it's also a little bit more like it needs to be in slipper distance. So uh, it's no like not a big yeah. hassle to pick it up. And then yeah, of yeah. course it's opening hours, right? So you wanna you wanna get there whenever it suits you. So I think this is what you're referring to. Locker you can usually access twenty four seven. So that's like super convenient. So you don't have to kind of plan around it, but you just go there when it suits you in. So yeah. and um broader like this, um and it can be like different, like it can be in the same country, it can be like different networks or different customers are different attractive because just it's just around the corner. And this way you can see where the complexity is coming from. It may not necessarily be sufficient to have just one network in one market, but um, it might even be adding value and make uh, and increase your out of home rate if you can offer like more than one network, because like then you have a good coverage, good proximity uh, with the network uh, networks you can offer. So this is, those are like the challenges around Pudo um, uh, when you think about being making it successful and um, drive up your out of home rate. Yeah, and, and it also, I guess, depends on the on the direction in which the the parcel is going. I mean, if if I'm receiving the parcel, I have a definite uh, preference for the parcel locker that's really close to my home because I can just it's it's I almost have to make no detour, and I just scan my 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 QR code and the, you know the door is open and everything is done. Um, but when uh, but when the sneakers don't fit you know, <laughs> I need to send them back. And that's when I don't like the parcel locker if there's not a return label in the box because then I need a printer and I need to stick something on. And and when that's the case, I prefer to go to like a parcel point where I can just, you know, present the box and they can they have a label and they uh, they can they can take take care of that. So I guess that that makes a, a difference as well, whether whether it's the the flow of goods uh, being delivered or um, when it's the returns flow. Definitely. So um, I think in most markets or actually in all markets, it's pretty much standard um, that if you want to return something, you have to drop it off. So when you think about delivery yeah. um, in a lot of markets, like the standard option would be to have it delivered to home. But then like if you want to return it, that's what most customers are already used to. So they drop it off. Still, there are, as you as you absolutely right pointed out, like there are services you can offer. So again, it needs to be a good option you offer there or a set of good options. And again, that's a very individual choice. And then there are services around it that you have to cover. So like, I think the label was a very good example, like labeling box mm -hmm. is a very convenient solution. Might also be that you have a QR code and, and you will get the label wherever you drop it, or you don't have to print a label, like the guy who's picking up the parcel from the locker does it. There are different options. But um, again, um, if you want to be successful, retail is detail. So you have to make sure you offer the most convenient options to your customers. Um, so that I know no, no online likes returns, but then like if you if the customer wants to return something, make it as convenient as you can. So the cust customer doesn't build up like a, doesn't get reluctant to order again with your shop, but feels like it's super convenient, super easy, even if you want to return something. And if we um, turn it around, uh, I said it before, like for returns, it's, it's quite common in most markets. But then, like for out um, for for incoming parcels, like parcels get delivered, it's it's less. There are markets who are quite mature when it comes to out of home delivery, and there are markets mm -hmm. that are moving at the moment. I would say so. And this is really, if you think about it for a second, it's actually quite funny that the market standard is that the carriers try to deliver parcels on working days between nine and five, and then are surprised <laughs> like no one's at home. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was it became standard, but then like in today's times, it's actually 
uh, if you think about it, in most cases, quite, quite not a very good idea, not very smart. And this is like what makes um, uh, out-of-home delivery attractive. So um, if, if you leave it to the customer to leave it to your door and then you're not at home, like the carrier will decide what will happen to it, right? They may drop yeah. it off at a neighbor, uh, they may take it back and then you have to pick it up in some random location far away. Um, yeah. And it's much Annoying. more convenient to give the customer the choice. Um, and this is where it actually gets attractive to customers. They get the choice, right? You can choose the shop you like best. You can choose the opening hours. You can choose a shop where you like the staff or you can kind of ignore a shop where you don't like the staff. You can go for locker. And that's like a huge difference between home delivery and out-of-home delivery. You as a customer, mm -hmm. you basically get the choice and can choose the location that's convenient for you. Like that's an advantage, for example, uh, because I was referring to advantages before. Um, and, and that's like what's driving out-of-home um, delivery when it comes to delivery returns. As I said before, pretty much standard in most markets or all markets. So, so, so then, um, so one of the challenges, uh, if I would, you know, would want to start a, a a web shop and and service customers all over Europe, then I'd need to uh, find out for each of these countries um, what what the best uh, what what the the best carrier is to uh, to to partner with. You might if you want to do it yourself, but you can of course. Uh, Ask us or another partner you trust um, uh, to come up with the because um, like we do have a lot of market intelligence like we know um, what's attractive in the markets we have people in all the markets we know from other shops we know from all the passes we sent there already we have a lot of data where we see what people like what people don't like um, what like ratio of out of home you can you can uh, live up to if you're doing it very well um, and yeah so um, if you would do it yourself would um, of course require market intelligence would uh, ideally you would get some data you could base your decisions upon um, and then you would have to negotiate with all the carriers come uh, up with yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, yeah, um, that, um, yeah 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 and, and that's you but mo most uh, most uh, uh, most retailers that's not what they're that's not what they're good at yeah uh, you're right and uh, also like where, where you would say like now this is getting too complex not adding enough value so i, I rather skip it um and this is what we what we see what's changing at this point in time so we see more and more for several reasons uh, and we can come back to that later maybe that um actually onliners would like to go into it because they see what's happening in the markets but then like uh still kind of try to avoid the complexity and yeah that's what we've developed a servant a service for just recently which we call the pool locator um, which kind of collects all the data from all the carriers and makes it available to you as, a, as an online shop in a very convenient way. So in a unified way, you don't actually care uh, what carrier it is um, or what network it is um, because it will all feel the same to you because we've unified it and it makes it very convenient and easy uh, to use that. So you can always, you can offer a very broad set and let your customer choose again because that's, I think, it's the biggest advantage you get that the customer can actually choose compared to um, having to accept what the carrier offers. Um, and yeah, so this is a very, very, uh, quite new service, very successful service and um, gives you as an onliner the, the opportunity to step into out of form very easily without investing too much, you know, give it a try, figuring out what it could do to your customers. Um, yeah, so quite, quite interesting option, I think. So, 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 so how, uh, so how this will work is, so what I as a consumer would uh, see from this is I would uh, buy something uh, on a, on a, on a website and then, um, then I go to a screen that asks me, where do you want it delivered? 
and it's not bothering me with with who is delivering it. It's just uh, asking me where I want it delivered. Yeah. So is that is is that the idea? Like, so I'm, I may choose the parcel locker, and and then it's shipped via DHL because DHL is closest to my home. Or if I say I'd like to pick it up at the gas station, and the gas station is you know for some reason a UPS access point, then automatically a UPS is is selected. Is is that how uh, what the consumer then um, experiences uh, when 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 he shops online? Yeah. So um, what what usually happens is like uh, you buy something online, you create a nice basket, then you go to the checkout. And then usually you get like different delivery options. And if you as a shop think like uh, you want to do more in sustainability, maybe you have to look after costs and or you want to give the customer choice. You may offer out of home. That's what we recommend uh, for a lot of yeah. cases. So what you would see, what would usually happen is you would get a map. And uh, if the shop is smart, they will know your home address already. And then they will show you like the delivery options around your home. Um, so that would be most convenient. You don't have to enter any data. You just pick what you like mm -hmm. best. Usually it shows some information like the opening hours or like if you can park there, maybe a nice picture, what it looks like so you can kind of recognize yeah. it. And then you select that one. Um, this would be like the plain vanilla case. What happens in some cases as well is that you like, then you don't want it, um, you want to pick it up on your way home or something. So you kind of have to have a, have to have an easy opportunity to choose or to, to search yep. somewhere. And yeah, in, in, in fact, like, we leave, this usually is, um, needs to go well in line with the overall usability of the shop. Um, and um, so that's usually what a lot of shops focus on, that they do it very nice. So they don't want to lose a customer in the checkout for sure. Because like then you've invested a lot of time to get the customers yeah. there. But then like all the dirty work in the back is done by us and we can support the shop like um, that they can actually focus on their customer. And we provide like one interface or one service basically that gives you all the data so you can show it in your checkout very easily and you don't have to care about the complexity in the back. And that happens through the 7 Centers platform, just as with labels and tracking all the other services we provide. Um, and yeah, and, and also like that's, you as a customer, as an online shop, you only have to integrate once. And once you've, you're integrated, you can use it mm -hmm. for all European markets. And, and that's true for label tracking everything we do and also for pool locations yeah now you mentioned uh, sustainability uh, sustainability is is definitely from a consumer standpoint uh, you know they, the, the 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 interest is rising and and people are are uh, caring much more about carbon footprint and 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 and, and the climate uh, and, and the climate change so how does sustainability tie into this like could a could a web shop um uh easily offer um like uh, not the fastest way to get your parcel but the the greenest way to get your parcel for example are are you seeing that, that as a trend definitely definitely it's a huge trend so um and and there is even while it was um there was a lot of traction around like offsetting in the past like where you would say like you would compensate yeah. for all the uh, carbon that gets emission there is certainly is a trend to actually avoid carbon emissions and um that's obviously it's much harder but that um, you, you can really um, you can really make a big step there if you go for out of home. Why is that? Because like it's very simple. Like um, the van, let's assume it's not unfortunately not yet an electric van. Um, uh, it needs to go through every home and drop off one parcel. So one van will deliver yeah. significantly less parcels compared if you if the van goes from Pudo to Pudo, they will obviously drop off pick up much more parcels uh, per tour. Yeah. And that saves per parcel. This saves a huge amount of, of carbon emissions. So actually, it's um, out-of-home delivery is a much greener product than uh, or less 
carbon emission product uh, than home delivery is. Idly, of course, the van is an electric van and you don't have carbon emissions yes. there. But um, yeah, that's actually, there is a, you can save up to 40% um, of, of carbon emissions there. Um, so it's really, really a game changer, really an opportunity to avoid carbon emissions, what you want to do in the first place rather than offsetting, of course. Yeah, and, and it saves costs for, costs for everybody because um, it takes much more time to uh, take uh, a van load of parcels uh, along a, a long list of addresses uh, versus bringing it to one location. Absolutely. So um, maybe to go back to your previous question, because I forgot one thing you said, it might not yeah. be as fast. Actually, they are just as fast as home deliveries. In some cases, even more reliably fast because they will usually still serve their their um, PUDOs and as PUDOs have well-defined opening hours, you can pick up your parcels compared to if you don't, if you're not at home, they don't reach you, like put the yep. parcels somewhere else. So speed isn't really, there is no speed disadvantage, I guess I'm trying to say. Now going back to the point you just made, yes, um, there are a lot of carriers who kind of pass the cost advantage they actually have in delivering to PUDOs for the same reason I pointed out before. They mm -hmm. pass it um, to their customers because they want to kind of incentivize them to use to go for out of home and and in a lot of markets there are quite attractive uh, carriers with attractive networks that really offer a, a significant price advantage in the markets if you go for out of home if you can convince your customer to use out of home or at least utilize the share of your customers that are open to out of home and um, maybe touching this um, this proportion of the customers in the markets who are open to out-of-home delivery is, is growing. That's what we're seeing. And if you offer good options, they go for it or a relevant share of them go for it. And that's what that's the dynamic I referred to earlier. That's what we're seeing. Uh, and that's what we try to make available for our customers. Yeah, you, you mentioned the, the, the Nordic uh, uh, countries like like uh, uh, like Sweden and, 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 and Finland and, and these in these countries, the um, I think I, I read a, a report on that a while ago that it's um, uh, like the parcel locker is, is extremely popular uh, over there. And so I guess like the, like the percentage of uh, out of home deliveries. Is uh, much higher than in many other European countries. Do, do, you, do you know why that is? Yeah, so it, it definitely is. So you cannot enter certain markets without out of home or like the carrier's mm -hmm. bone. Um, actually, there are, I guess, different reasons for it. And one most obvious reason, if you think about like the north of Sweden, um, like the density of population density yeah. you have there, if you would have to drive to every home, like uh, I think this is a logistics podcast, so everyone knows what this would mean in cost, and no one would be able to yeah, afford yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, that's true. There are certainly historical reasons, but um, it's also like um, again, there are a lot of reasons. Um, might also be very individual reasons. Might be sustainability. What we said before, if you want to uh, uh, do something good about that. Um, but yeah, what overall you can see, like in the, in the Nordics, as you said before, you have you cannot enter markets. You have um, uh, you have out of home rates of. of way uh, up 90 percent so it's pretty much standard of course uh, you have um, also have carriers who try to go more into home delivery at least in the urban areas um, but if you look at the market as a whole like that's an out-of-home market for sure um to sweden norway as I said before yeah so so it's the, the it's the, the geography of the of the place because uh, the 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 addresses are are in, in 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 a lot of areas are are remote and are far apart um, but uh, I'm, I'm, 
I have the feeling also that it's the uh, the Nordic consumers that are just more more conscious, maybe more conscious uh, conscious about um, how they how they get their uh, uh, parcels and 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 want a more sustainable way. Might be might be one reason definitely. I think um, other reasons are um, if you have a very price sensitive market or if you're selling a very price sensitive product like price differences and delivery costs make a difference mm -hmm. so it might be as well of course if you if i don't know if your um basket size is like 200 euro on average maybe it's less important also yeah. it depends on if you charge your customers for shipping costs uh, in particular in germany you have big retailers or big um online shops who don't do that and hide the cost somewhere else um yeah but like if in, in markets that are price sensitive, if you sell something, I don't know, basket size 30, 40 euro, and then you charge um, uh, you charge for shipping uh, and, and you pass the price advantage on, like that's driving out of home rates. Also, like, yeah. as I said before, convenience, if, if, um, if you, I don't know, if you live in an area where we're neighbors, where there are neighbors, because it's more, I don't know, um, uh, industrial or whatever. I don't know. Like, I think there are a couple of reasons. It's also hard to tell. The good thing is you don't have to understand in detail. <laughs> we know we have patterns, how, how to enter certain markets and what carriers to use for what reasons. And, and we know from customers we have what works well and what you should rather not do or what you can kind of uh, avoid. And then like um, all those different reasons to go for out of home, they kind of create a nice overall effect uh, for your, your delivery in terms of costs, in terms of carbon emission. Um, yeah. So, so if you if you look at the the the, the market for uh, for retailers and uh, and and e-tailers and um, the that are uh, into um, well conquering Europe, I would say. Um, what what are the developments that are that are in the that are in the but the future or the or the near future when it comes to um, uh, last mile delivery? Uh, but also when it comes to the returns process for 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 their for their customers. Mm -hmm. So um, I still think, although it's kind of not a new trend, um, convenience, customer convenience, still is a key driver. Um, yeah. So and and again, like do all the retailers, all the online shops already kind of live up to their customers' expectations? Certainly not. So that's still like a big trend. Um, what we also see is like um, with delivery costs going up, you know, increased energy prices, increased labor costs, putting carriers under pressure. They need to like increase their rates for, for obvious reasons, putting like online business models under pressure. Um, uh, there is there is pressure on costs and and uh, yeah, so and, and people really have to investigate for or have to look for other options, maybe the single carrier or the single network they were using was sufficient to them before and now they have to go for now they have to look for other options so cost pressure certainly is a is driving things at the moment and then like i think what um what's also key is like uh what we refer to as operational excellence i think you said it before mm -hmm. the way you like if you predict when the pasta is going to show up um you want to rely on that as a customer right if it, if we say it's on on tuesday we get delivered on tuesday that's something you want to rely on also, like yeah. if things don't work out, people want to know where their parcel is, how they can react to respond to it. So all offering those options, I think it's becoming more and more important because it creates customer convenience if you if you do that properly. And also it kind of avoids costs if you don't like if you have to send a, a second parcel, if you have to, you know, provide customer service, a lot of customer service because things don't work out as expected. That's creating costs as well. So this operational yeah. excellence really is a big 
trend at the moment for both reasons, cost and, and customer convenience. So, and, and that, that's, I think, like for half a year now, it's really kind of um, really key trend we see in the market right now. And, and, and what about uh, flexibility? Not, not mentioning sustainability. Sorry, I kind of skipped that because no, it was no, so obvious yet. to me. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> No, no, for, for sure. But but also uh, flexibility, be because uh, sometimes, uh, you know, your day doesn't go as planned uh, and, you know, calendars change, meetings get canceled. Um, is, is flexibility uh, important in terms of uh, switching the, uh, the, the, the drop-off lo uh, location for, for a parcel? Definitely, definitely. Um, although it's, it always has to work commercially, right? So I think sure. there was this notion that passive same-day delivery and like everything needs to be available within, I don't know, minutes or hours. Um, yeah. And I think what, what, what you can also see like in the market is like, it's uh, like expectations have grown up a little, let's put it like this, right? So it's great if you can do it. And there are certainly, if you kind of release a new iPhone or whatever, like this might be a case, but then like um, it needs to work out in an overall setting. And uh, so... For sure, and there there always is um, this unhappy customer, right? Customers can always be you can always kind of do it better, and flexibility certainly is something. But then, like um, it needs to work, so it's much more important. I would say that if you promise something to a customer, you have to stick to it, right? If you promise something yes. and then you screw it up, that's even worse. So um, what I see, it's like as I, as I put it before, things grow up grew up a little, so um, expectations a little bit more realistic. What you deliver. Um, of course, if you can offer better service, it's always good. But then, like, if you offer it, you have to stick to it. And uh, otherwise, it will create the opposite effect, I would say. So, yeah. And 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 for sustainability, I mean, we're seeing uh, an increased number of electric vehicles, which I guess is good. Um, I'm getting a lot of my parcels through uh, bike, uh, 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 bike couriers. So, at least in the Netherlands, I mean, but we're like the, the biking capital of the world. So... Um, uh, everything is by bike here. So, uh, but I guess, I mean, what, what other, what other, uh, trends do you see when it comes to, uh, last mile and returns and, and, and sustainability? Yeah. So, uh, definitely. So as I said before, so really saving or avoiding carbon emissions definitely is a trend. Mm -hmm. And then like, again, you have networks, uh, that were around like a couple of, uh, of years already and they do things as they do. Obviously they improve as well, but then like this always creates if things are changing, this always creates opportunity. And, and you see like players trying to get into those uh, gaps. Maybe the big carriers kind of leave to them. Um, can be true for, for lockers, can be true for, as you said before, like cargo bikes, delivery by cargo yeah. bike or green delivery. There are players like who try to offer uh, entirely green delivery. Because um, like usually in, the, in, in parts of the chain, you still use like the, the heavy trucks and, and they are mostly yes. not electric. Um, so... Um, yeah, so whenever things change, there certainly is a trend. So it's not it's not going it's not going away. I would say there is pressure on avoiding carbon emissions as good as you can, and within the like um, setting you have. So in terms of costs and in terms of you have to make it work. So it has to be more sustainable. You have to avoid carbon emissions, and and like I think everyone's looking for the right setup to them. And on the other hand, you have players trying to get into those gaps and offer better service, like better networks, better delivery to us, whatever it is. Um, yeah, so again, a lot of, lot of movement going on. Um, well, Tim, um, so one of the things that you said uh, just uh, rang a bell with me that was uh, retail is detail. Um, which actually is interesting because in Dutch, uh, the, the people that have people that have a store, um, you know, 
know, we, we don't call them uh, retailers, but uh, the, the, there's a Dutch word that would translate into detailers. So <laughs> I, I guess I guess we're a little bit ahead of the pack when it comes to uh, retail's detail. Um, um, so thank you for um, uh, I want to thank you for for uh, sharing your knowledge on uh, on on the latest trends in uh, in delivery and returns and and especially um, uh, the out of home market. Uh, interesting uh, developments going on there. Um, do you have any uh, uh, parting words or advice or or message for for retailers and e-tailers? Yeah, I think I think uh, this retailers detail uh, thing I also brought up because I think even if you think you're you covered a market well, right? You have a nice carrier and that network is you think doing quite well in that market. I think what's important is may it be for cost reasons, may it be for customer convenience reasons or sustainability reasons. Try new things. So, like there is, I do think uh, I've seen little number of, of online shops where I would say like they are very, very good at what they are doing. So I would really um, suggest like if you feel like you can do better in the market, give it a try, right? And think about the market. We can we can help with that. We know what's like relevant in the market. Uh, we can, we can uh, make testing new markets very easy. Um, like don't, don't stick. Like I think you always have to develop and, and there are always details you can do better. And I think with cost pressure, like a need to need to go for more sustainable solutions, um, increasing customer convenience. Um, there are a lot of good reasons to kind of check whether your setup really is the right one or if you can do better than what you're doing today. And again, we're, we're super happy to support if we can. Um, we offer a lot of service who make, uh, that make testing super simple, you know, without a lot of front-up investment. Um, so reach out if you want to test and you feel like you need a partner. Yeah, well, uh, uh, Tim, I, I guess that's I, I, for me. Uh, I would say it's just excellent life advice. You know, try new things. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah. So, uh, so, so, thank you for that. Uh, thanks for your time, Tim. Thank you for having me once more. Thank you for listening to Does Logistics Matter? For more on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics, visit our blog on logisticsmatter.com. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, please send an email to podcast at logisticsmatter.com. This podcast was produced by Dimitri Vleugel. The music is based on a sample by Ruggerman and produced by Michael Spengler. This episode was supported by Seven Senders. Seven Senders supports retailers with their daily end-to-end supply chain from warehouse to customers. They offer shipping and delivery services from a single source, such as analytics, tracking tools, a custom solution, designed to reduce the effort and complexity of customs clearance operations and out-of-home services through one standardized and easy-to-use format, their Pudo Locator. For more information, please visit sevensenders.com.